welcome to A Passion to Serve. My name is Don Kadicki and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm a big fan of storytelling and during the podcast we'll be sharing real human stories about migrant and seasonal farm workers and the work that's being done on their behalf. For example, do you know about the contributions of migrant and seasonal farm workers to the United States economy and the challenges these farm workers face on a daily basis? What about services for farm worker youth in order to lead them on the path towards self-discovery and self-sufficiency? And what about lessons learned by leaders who have dedicated their lives to serving others through a variety of programs? These stories and so much more will be part of A Passion to Serve. I hope you decide to join us on this path of discovery. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of A Passion to Serve. Today, I'm speaking with Jessica Ledesma, Program Manager with the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Don. I'm happy and excited to be here. So, Jessica, there's a lot that that I really want to talk to you about um, specific to your current role with the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. But I'd like you to provide a little bit of background information on both your educational and uh, professional experience. But let's start out with um, education at both Cornerstone and Ferris State University. Yeah. um, So, wow, there's so much to unpack there um, as I think back to both my college and my career journey. So I am a first generation high school and college graduate um, native to West Michigan. Um, born and raised here. So um, I would say I, coming out of high school, I had the intention of going directly into college and getting a degree. It didn't quite pan out that way. Um, I did junior college for a couple of years, and for some reason it just did not stick, and I wasn't sure in what I was majoring in. So I went into the workforce, and I actually got my um, cosmetology license. During that time, I spent about a year in the salon when I realized that this is not quite what I wanted to do for a living. I enjoyed the artistic, the creating side of it, um, but not necessarily the business side of it. So I actually uh, returned to school to finish my degree in business management. Um, and then I officially started my career in finance. Um, so I was in finance for about five years working in mortgages um, when I learned that um, diversity, equity, and inclusion was a thing that I'd been doing my entire life and I could actually pursue a career in it. And so um, I actually made a career change at that time um, when I was finishing um, my business degree. So some of your experience parallels my oldest daughter where she got her cosmetology degree and that's really where she got started but then I think similarly similar to you in some ways she decided that there were some other things that she wanted to experience so she ended up going and getting her bachelor's degree at Western Michigan University. I know that um, as part of your time at Ferris State University you were part of the the Center for Latino Studies and I think you must have been there, I would imagine, when they were just kind of getting things up and running. Am I mistaken about that? And No, um, that is correct. Okay. And I was part of the first cohort. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. 
Yep. So I was part of the first cohort, and I would say um, the Latino Talent Initiative, now formally LIDES um, from Ferris State University, uh, led by Carlos Sanchez, uh, was one of the first of its kind programs um, that I learned about here in West Michigan. I would say it did play a big um, role in me um, changing career sectors, if you will. Um, and so I think just being in that place um, with others that look like me, um, whose narratives or stories and career journeys were similar to my own, um, and ultimately uh, Latino professionals who are looking to um, really give back not only to community, but find their place uh, where they can be truly valued. So I would say um, that program really did play a pivotal um, moment in my career development. Well, I've always been interested in the type of program and services and just how structurally that was put together at Ferris State. And we as Telemann Corporation, we continue to support and do a lot of work with Ferris State University and the Center for Latino Studies. So I really felt that that was a a really um, a nice signature or a nice building block or cornerstone for fairs to have that type of um, that type of a structure set up for its for its Latino population. So I, I've always been impressed with that and how they functioned. I'm going to move forward a little bit to your initial employment out of college, which was working as a loan analyst and just wondering what were some of your takeaways from that experience? How did that inform you and move you forward professionally in your career? Yeah. So um, in that position um, or at that institution, I was actually finishing my degree while working there. Um, I would say that including that uh, my time there um, and in several other roles, um, I've always held a role where I was creating something new or helping to uh, create a structure to support um, a new objectives and new, a new vision for um, an institution or an organization. Um, I think um, that, including other roles, has really set me up in a way to discover um, my talents in um the best way that I can describe it is making sense out of madness. Um, I have a talent for knowing how to operationalize big picture, um, big visions. Um, and so I would say that that really helped me to, it put me in places where I was, those um, characteristics, those talents and those skills um, naturally came out and um were developed over time, you know, as you try to connect two dots, but you're not quite sure which direction or what's the next step to go. Um, I think that that in itself has really helped me to navigate ambiguity and learn um, the skill of agility, especially in in um, in the career sector right now, right? I think you need that ability to recreate yourself, rebrand yourself, um, you know, and I think um, essentially is what um, is giving me success currently in my role at the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Well, I think it's a wonderful talent to have when you can connect dots that don't seemingly go together. And I would imagine that that skill set that you have also benefited you when you were 
working as a Challenge Scholars Assistant with the Grand Rapids Community Foundation. Can you speak to your experience there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, coming out of the finance and um, switching over, if you will, to the social impact sector, um, I did start from the bottom up um, as a program assistant um, with the Grand Rapids Community Foundation in the Challenge Scholars Program. So specifically in this uh, program, I supported first-generation students and their families as they matriculated throughout school with the goal of achieving post-secondary success. Um, I helped to establish the administrative infrastructure that supported both the fund development and the programmatic activities while also supporting the general engagement and outreach um, activities there. It's a mouthful. Well, you're really, well, you're really. And what I find interesting, too, is it seems like everything you've done both educationally and, and professionally is you never took the easy route, that you took these very challenging positions that I get the impression that it, what they weren't very clearly defined which is challenging and I find it exciting at the same time when you can make something like that your own. Was that your experience with some of these earlier employment uh, employment opportunities that you had? Yeah, I would say initially that's probably what attracted me to it, um, the ability to create, um, envision, innovate. Um, but it was also the struggle, right? Um, right. Because often, especially in, in this Google era, um, you often try to look for things that you can copy and paste. Uh, you don't want to necessarily recreate the wheel or recreate something that has already been created and done well. Um, but yeah, I would say that it was, um, it was both a challenge, um, but it, it was also, um, um, an accomplishment, right? Um, and even that sense of, of accomplishment, is probably what propelled me and kept me going um, as I accepted each and every single role thereafter, um, building off of my past accomplishments um, and kind of cheerleading myself on saying, you know what, you did it once, you can do it again. You know, I was, I want to ask you about that right before, and then we're going to transition into your role with the West Michigan Chamber of of Commerce. But it's interesting to me that where you first started out, that you were first generation high school graduate and then college graduate, what kind of vision or what really spurred you on? How did you or what did you see within yourself that, you know, that that voice that I think all of us have internally that tells us, you know, this is this is all right. You can do this. And I'm wondering, what was that like for you? What spurred you on and, and put you down this career path, do you think? Yeah, so I would say um, my curiosity. I've always had this level of curiosity as far as I can remember. Um, and always, I, I think, you know, in all honesty, um, there are there are times in my life when I was told I couldn't do something or I shouldn't do something or um, I don't necessarily, that's maybe not a right fit for me. I would say it was a lot of those moments um, that I believe that I rechanneled some of those negative um, feelings into essentially propelling myself to accomplish one step at a time. Um, I think 
it, you know, a lot of, um, where, where I've, I come from, where, what I've learned, um, it's for a long time, I feel like it's been about survival. Um, how do I get to the next place? Um, and then it clicked for me one day that, okay, you know, I want to move out of just simply surviving into thriving. Um, and that for me, um, was a pivotal moment. Um, I think it, it has happened, um, in different, in different, uh, fashions over the course of my life. Um, but there's always, there, it was always that same lesson that I feel, um, any situation, any challenge in my life was teaching me. Um, and I, and that is where essentially I get the motivation from. Um, and not only just to achieve for myself, but I think it's more of, um, wanting to model that for others. Um, well, what I'm impressed with too, Jessica, that you consistently put yourself into situations and circumstances where you really weren't able to, to fall back, that you put yourself in new opportunities and, and new environments that you really had to move forward and you just had to, you know, make it work somehow because that really was where you were at, that you put yourself in a new opportunity and a new learning experience. And, and I'm always impressed when I have an opportunity to speak with someone who has that mindset and who has that, that faith to move forward, even when the path really isn't very clear. Let's talk about some of your current job duties and how you utilize your skill sets and that passion that you have to work as a program manager for West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think, Essentially, uh, getting to the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, I think all the questions that you've asked me up until this point are all connected. Um, I would say so, um, being an educated, um, Latina with more than a decade of experience, um, both in business, philanthropy, um, and the nonprofit sector. Um, one of the things here in Michigan, specifically West Michigan, is that my my career mobility has been tough. And so um, a couple of years ago, I found myself living um, in Big Rapids, um, where I was working at Ferris State University. Um, but I think I had a moment there that, um, you know, I was really doing some deep reflection and told myself, this isn't quite what I imagined for my life as far as um, living about an hour and a half, two hours north, uh, disconnected from my family, disconnected from my, uh, different networks and essentially, um, you know, um, the community that I've built, um, here in West Michigan. And so what I decided to do is put my resume out nationally, um, to see, see what would happen. Um, and what I quickly came to find is that I'm a hot commodity everywhere else except for West Michigan. Oh, no. Um, and I was actually um, interviewing in Cincinnati and Chicago when I began interviewing at the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Um, and I and I decided to take the position at the chamber for the very reason that I felt like it was the right step in my career, my career path. Um, so I was like, all right, one more time, West Michigan. 
But I really start uh, with that story because there truly is a heart and a soul behind Building Bridges Through Education. You know, my narrative, my journey is not unique to the Latino community or the Latino experience here in West Michigan. Um, and so I really take a lot of that um, into my work. Um, so when I started at the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, um, it, it was really um, starting on, you know, listening to the current the current needs, the current aspirations of Latino college students. Um, of the Latino community in general, um, and then essentially connecting them to the overall objectives that wanted, that the chamber wanted to accomplish through building bridges for education. So that's, that's a nice segue. So there is the building bridges through education initiative. What exactly does that look like with the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Yeah. So, um, the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce was created by a group of Latino-owned um, businesses uh, with with the goal of creating a platform so that they can market themselves, so that they could have a platform um, and have visibility. Um, and so the chamber was created um, more of a social networking organization. And about a couple of years ago, um, When Guillermo Cisneros um, became the executive director, he really had um, the goal and the intention of wanting to create more impact through programming. Um, And so out of it was born two initiatives, one with economic development, which is Transformando West Michigan, and then the other one is workforce and talent development, which is the Building Bridges for Education initiative. Um, So... um, Coming on board as the program manager, um, I was charged with essentially designing and leading um, the entire um, initiative that is Building Bridges Through Education. And so Building Bridges Through Education, or BBTE, is an initiative that is powered by the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce to advance Michigan Latinx college talent by bridging college and career through career connections and development in order to help grow a dynamic and inclusive workforce in Michigan. So that is our mission. Um, essentially, the work that we do is as we continue to um, build new partnerships, one of our goal is to, um, to encourage our partners to invest in communities by creating jobs and internship um, opportunities, specifically for the Latino communities. Um, and so in this way, Building Bridges really does support pathways to success for future leaders by providing essentially coaching support um, services to Latinx college students. Well, and I think that's such an important initiative. And at Telemont Corporation, we've seen firsthand, too, the importance of internships, that having the educational background and the skill set just isn't enough. The, the networking is important developing some of those soft skills at times can be important, especially if you don't have direct work experience in a particular job sector. I think there's so much value in that. And and I always, I always think, think with it's just as important to find out what you don't like as much as you find out what you do like, but you're making those connections into the local community. So 
I think that's fantastic. And hopefully West Michigan won't be in a situation, you know, moving forward where they have someone with your talent and everyone or other states other than, or other communities other than West Michigan is looking and really seeking out people with your ability and your background. So how has, how has the pandemic affected the work that's being done at the Hispanic Chamber of Commons? Yeah. So, um, the pandemic. Wow. Um, you know, I was recently thinking back because we're, we're coming up on a year here, right? Um, at least for the uh, chamber since we've been working from home. Um, and I would say that, um, when COVID-19 essentially hit and the shutdowns began, um, we, we were working proactively kind of knowing that that was coming down the line. Um, Initially, what we what we did on building bridges to education, we pivoted to a short term strategy, which was a six week strategy um, to help take um, the talent that we supported um, to help them throughout the remainder of the university semester. Um, and so it was more about um, maintaining that connection, um, that momentum that we built. Um, knowing that we had just officially launched in October of 2019. Um, and instead of uh, growing our numbers, our focus was just maintaining the relationships that we had at that time. Um, and I would say that COVID-19, um, you know, any, any tragedy like COVID-19, any, any, a big social event like COVID-19, what it does, it, it really exacerbates the inequities and the disparities um, within our communities. Um, and I think COVID-19 really shined a light um, on those inequities in a different way. They, it magnified them. Um, and so often in this work of diversity, equity, and inclusion, Often what happens in in any type of strategy building or development, um, DEI is often an afterthought. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to get ahead as much as possible um, to understand um, what some of the projected um, challenges would be facing the Latino community, um, specifically our Latinx college talent. Uh, we know right now that um, the Latino degree attainment in Michigan is only at 25%. So prior to COVID-19, challenges were there. Um, and a lot of them had to do uh, with finances being number one. Um, the second one is just navigating a system that is brand new as a first-generation um, student. Um, and I think the third and even the overarching one is the sense of belonging. Um, you know, it is just being comfortable in your own skin or accepting um, who you are so that you can just simply learn. I think that is one of the biggest challenges um, Latino college students face in Michigan. Um, and so what we did is we launched a statewide um, needs assessment um, where we wanted to know what were the current challenges prior to COVID? What were the challenges during COVID in order to really be able to understand and project what are the challenges going to be uh, post COVID? Um, so 
we were able to collect uh, this information from about over 250 um, Latino college students, which really gave us a, a robust um, amount of information that we were able to also present to our partners um, that included universities, presidents, um, that included um, CEO and leaderships from different organizations so that they can be able to understand and start planning um, for the rebuilding or the reopening of the economy um, with diversity in mind and knowing that um, the needs and the challenges are going to look differently and so therefore need to be addressed differently. Um, one of the things that COVID also did to our work um, in building registered education is it essentially accelerated our plans by a year. Um, so prior to COVID, we had the intention of actually being virtual through some of our programming um, as our initiative is uh, statewide um, because we know that there is not just one region or one area that holds Latinos. Um, they're kind of spread across um, Michigan at different institutions. Um, and so uh, what we did is we literally copied and pasted our plans from year three into year two, um, where we were able to essentially launch um, the pilot of our fellowship, which is the BBTE fellowship. Um, and I would say that um, we've had great success we have about two or three weeks left in this first um, fellowship that is wrapping up. Um, and some of the feedback that we've gotten from students is that this, this fellowship has helped them to maintain some sense of connectivity um, that was lost um, through virtual learning or in-person learning. Um, it also um, has garnered different success um, where about, um, I would say 90% of the students that we're working with have managed to, um, land, uh, early career placement, either through internship or a job. Well, I think it's such a necessary and an important connection for a lot of these students. And, and connection really is the right word for this too. I think that it gives them access and it maybe puts them into contact with people who may have similar experiences and background that they have had, which make things maybe a little bit easier that even though what you're walking through is really challenging, you know that you're not walking through it alone. And I think that's really important. And, and as you were communicating and talking about this, it seems to me, it reminds me of what the Hispanic Latino Commission of Michigan is really doing at their annual event where they acknowledge and they celebrate the graduations of Latino Latino students across across the state. So I think this just reinforces and builds upon that and it really creates opportunities and it shines such a positive light on what a valuable resource. There's so much opportunity. There are people who have, you know, I always think too that in, in particular for individuals who may be bilingual, that just puts you in the front of the line in, in my mind in terms of opportunity. Um, so I, I think it's such a worthwhile and meaningful initiative that the Hispanic Chamber is working on right now. And it's, I find it interesting too how you took something which is such a challenge like the pandemic, but you really turned it around into something, into a source of strength in some ways that 
you're taking this really incredibly painful experience for people and turning it into something that can really be beneficial for some for people in the long run. Um, do you happen to have any specific success stories during the past year or years, either personally or professionally, that really stand out to you that, you know, if you're having a difficult moment or a difficult day that you think about that and you reflect on and it kind of helps you keep moving forward? Yeah. Gosh, there's um, every, I think every story is, is unique and special. Um, and working with students um, and seeing them just grow and develop, um, it's really what keeps me going. Um, and so I would say there is one story specifically. I was recently connected to um, a young Latina um, whose career dream was is to become a nurse. Um, so she um, actually is a first-generation um, college student, um, parents of immigrants um, here in West Michigan. So um, she always she had an experience with a nurse early on who took care of her grandmother, and this this awareness into this field is what really stuck into her. And so she always knew that she was going to become a nurse. Um, specifically, I would say um, she started her college uh, journey in, I want to say, three, three and a half years ago. And so uh, she started at a four-year university um, that she gained access to through a diversity pipeline program that was whose intention is to diversify um, the health field, specifically within their university and the industry um, in general. So uh, she started her um, college career there, um, did her prerequisites, um, and finished her two years uh, with um, A's and B's, right, which is essentially a 3.5. And then um, over the, the past two years, she has been denied access to the nursing program three times. So she was kind of in limbo for about, for almost two years now, um, applying and reapplying to the nursing program um, and did not gain access um, or did not get accepted. And so she found herself essentially seeking out um, how she can complete the nursing program so when I came to learn um, of her story and I um, met her, that same week she had actually been accepted at a community college nursing program. Um, and so um, what I also learned of her is that she was working um, full-time in retail. Um, we have a young Latina here. We already know that there is a high demand for nurses, right? We hear from our partners that there is this high demand for diversifying the nursing field. Um, and yet you have a Latina here who has had all of these struggles and these barriers just to get into um, the program of her choice. Um, and so what I did is I connected with her. Um, we went through the process that we normally do with any student. Um, you know, we begin with uh, just an assessment, an opportunity assessment to kind of understand their background and what are their aspirations for career. 
and ultimately how we can help support that. Um, I would say within a week of her getting connected with us, we connected her to a partner, um, a high impact partner, which is Spectrum Health, um, who was who was currently seeking um, uh, candidates for their COVID vaccine center. And so um, she went through the interview process um, and in, in less than 10 days being connected with us, um, she was offered a job position there that essentially is bringing her, I want to say, starting at part-time at least, um, there is opportunity, I believe, for full-time for her um, as she's waiting to um, start the nursing program in fall. But what this does is it takes her out of this kind of um, this retail um, industry that that is not where she wants to be right. and is actually giving her um, – one, a step in the door with um, the largest um, healthcare provider here in West Michigan um, while learning and continuing to develop in those soft skills and that understanding um, while also allowing her um, to receive benefits, um, you know, as a part-time worker, which um, are not too bad. One of them also include that tuition reimbursement. Um, and so I think that in itself really um, uh, tells the why behind what we do and even the need as far as how many, how many, uh, you know, Latino students are there out there like that who have changed, who have, who have had similar challenges and essentially didn't have direction or maybe didn't even have, um, the strength or the energy to continue, right? Um, and essentially became one of those statistics of the 75% who did not finish their, their degree. Um, but essentially, um, yeah, she's in a great place. Um, I think, you know, I'm, we're happy to be connected with her. Um, and we are looking forward to being able to support her to essentially accomplish that, that dream of becoming a nurse. Um, and even having her talent um, within within the health field. Well, and I would think too that when you got connected, that that probably that probably helped her just to see that the opportunity is there if you just keep kind of going through and walking through this. And you know, I have two frames of mind with that story. On the one hand, it's like, I mean, how many people are we losing? And it's so frustrating and heartbreaking when you think about that. The other side of it is the resilience and the grit that she demonstrated is going to serve her well for the rest of her life. But, you know, we have to make that easy. We have to have a clear path for for students who want to accomplish and, and have similar dreams like, like all of us do. Um, yeah. Jessica, where can people learn more about the West Michigan Hispanic Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, so we are all over social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. Um, we also have a website at www.westmihcc.org. Um, there's a specific page right there for Building Bridges for Education. So if you are um, a Latino college student or a Latino student um, seeking employment opportunities, um, there is a way to get connected with us right away. And also, if you are an employer 
um, seeking um, diverse talent, um, there is a way for you to get connected with us um, and learn about our partnership opportunities as well. Well, I will definitely include that on my webpage, and I want to thank you so much for speaking with me today on A Passion to Serve. Thank you. Thank you, Don. I appreciate this opportunity and the platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Passion to Serve. You can now access all episodes of A Passion to Serve along with blog posts on my new website, apassiontoserve.net. I would love to hear your thoughts about the new website along with comments about the episode or episodes you've been listening to. Until next time.